I'm honored, I'm humbled, and I'm horrified uh, to be able to stand and have the nerve to speak God's name out loud. What an overwhelming responsibility that has been entrusted to me. Might I take a point of personal privilege just to express to you my undying gratitude and fond affection for your tribal chieftain of a man of God. He is rich in wisdom and finds no poverty in compassion. I'm thankful not to call him just friend, but to call him a brother. Sometimes God brings you close proximity to people just so that you can get a glimpse of how high you can fly. To that end, your leader is a 747, flying leaps and beyond everybody else who totters around in mediocrity. Of all the people that he could have entrusted in this moment, for him to make the call to me, I am grateful, and I don't take it lightly. I want to be true to the assignment that has been entrusted to me, and I want to go to uh, Matthew chapter 1, verse 23. Matthew chapter 1, verse 23. Here's what it reads in the New International Version. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. That's Matthew chapter 1. Verse 23, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they'll call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. I want to preach for a little while today using in uh, this celebration as its title, We're In This Together. We're In This Together. Invariably, every checkout counter in America whether it be Target, Walmart, or the supermarket, has hoisted right above the chewing gum a magazine called U.S. Weekly. It's a gossip publication that's been in circulation since 1977. It focuses on the lives of celebrities, reporting on marriages, relationships, divorces, pregnancies, and the mundane activities of Hollywood's elite. Amazingly, even in a digital age, Us Magazine has been able to unload one million copies a week. One million copies a week. Part of the strategy of their success is psychology, which People Magazine the Inquirer, nor TMZ have been able to employ. And that is connecting the average citizen with the celebrity. And they're able to do that with one word. Here's the word, us. That word denotes inclusion and association. So they'll show pictures of Cardi B eating a hamburger because that's us. They'll publish, publish Chadwick Boseman's family grieving at a funeral. Why? Because that's us. They'll do articles about Oprah struggling with her weight simply because that's us. 
In my previous life before pastoring, I was National Youth and College Director of the NAACP. My job was mobilizing college students for advocacy and training them for leadership. One of the programs I stumbled upon was at California Polytechnic Institute, which was called With Us. It's a National Bystander Intervention Research Center program committed to addressing critical social issues impacting the health, the safety, and the success of college students. It was founded by parents of a young man who died of alcohol poisoning during a hazing incident. And it happened in a room full of people who watched him fall into convulsions, slip into a seizure with no intervention. At Caltech Polytechnic Institute, it shed light that, in fact, the campus had no sense of community, thus making the environment ripe for unreported rapes, for robberies, dorm break-ins, and unclassified ratchetness. Because there was no community, they would watch people get assaulted and not get reported. It is amazing how much our churches have turned into campuses because there is no sense of community. We watch people struggle. We watch people go through. We watch people get evicted, slip into depression, have nervous breakdowns, and we watch it with no intervention because somehow, by our own apostolic affluence, we feel as if we're better. Emma Lazarus, the Jewish poet and activist who is accredited with the words inscribed at the base of the Statue of Liberty, give me your tired, give me your poor, give me those who are yearning to breathe the free. She wrote those, book, those words. But the quote that she wrote that rocked the civil rights community and wedded the civil rights community to Holocaust survivors is when Emma Lazarus wrote, none of us are free until all of us are free. Isn't it strange that one group felt the affliction of oppression in Germany and another group felt the sting and the pang in Georgia, but it's still us. It doesn't matter what it is that you're going through. You've got to understand that your pain is associated and related to mine. I'm mindful of the pool of Bethesda. That all around that pool was those who were lame, halt, withered, impotent. They had different diseases, but they all had one drive, which was to be healed. I don't know what you're dealing with. I don't know what you're contending with. But tonight, whatever it is, that's us. Amazingly, one of the most tear-jerking television shows in syndication 
is the uh, formerly known, lauded, and viewed, this is us. Shows the, the topsy-turvy relationships of human capacity and all of the delves and the dives that are intertwined in it. And anybody who has watched it, even if you have not, will bear witness and testify. I don't even know why I was crying. I don't even know what happened. I was minding my business, sitting on the couch, not realizing it was cathartic to my own experience. Because watching them reminded them of me and put a glaring light to remind me, this is not them. This is us. A once popular teen show, um, Mean Girls, reached a cult-like following from one scene. Not just one scene, but from one line in that scene. Whereas a group of young ladies were sitting at a cafeteria table, and a young lady whose hair was not coiffed, whose clothes were not designer, whose bag was not Italian, whose lipstick was not high-glossed, was headed to their table. And the mean girls said to her, now in famous quotes, you can't sit with us. And just with that one line, it teared out a blood-stained page of America's tattered history on segregation. Segregation, America's original sin, which dictated where you sit, where you drank, how it is that you had your water, what bathroom you used, what clothes you tried on, where you shopped, and might I say, even where you worshipped. Isabel Wilkerson, and now my favorite book of the quarantine, entitled Chaos, The Origin of Our Discontent, argues convincingly that America really finds itself in an Indian caste system. And the strange play on words is you only put something in a cast which has been broken. And you put it back in the cast, watch this, so that it can be aligned, it can be straightened out, and it can be fixed. America might as well be a mummy because the whole body of our democracy is broken. Whether you're looking at Ahmad or George or even Brianna, you can see where the bones of the infrastructure of liberty and justice for all are fractured, sprained, and misaligned. If not, um, in this moment, you haven't considered yourself as a part of a community. The song I remember from my sixth grade graduation, No Man is an Island, No Man Stands Alone. What is this, uh, this floating proposition that Gardner Taylor would speak of? This floating proposition is what is this whole principality of us? You know it, but you haven't even thought about it. Um, if God be for us, who can be against us? That's the us. Who is 
this us. No weapon formed against us shall be able to prosper. It rings uh, familiar ordinarily when we get to the Advent season. And I know that I'm, I'm off calendar. Um, but uh, in uh, the Advent season, somewhere in the Christmas play program in the fellowship hall downstairs in the dining room, you would hear some little kids sounding out on the stage and they would recite the text that I have read for you today where it is foretold that his name shall be called Emmanuel. His name shall be called Emmanuel, which translates to mean God with us. It's been widely accepted that Emmanuel was given to a child during the time of King Ahaz. It was a sign that the children of God would be getting ready to get a reprieve from all the attacks that they have been under. I think I've uh, skirted by that too fast. When you heard Emmanuel in the book of Isaiah, that prophetic book, it says, look for a sign that the attack is getting ready to come to an end. I speak that with authority. That whatever attack you have been under, whatever siege has been trying to submerge you in stress and anxiety, whatever weapons have been unleashed, against you and your household is getting ready to come to a screeching halt. Why? Because of Emmanuel, God with us. And God being in it with us is a sign. Here it is. I'm not sending you. I'm going with you. And if I'm going with you, here's the news flash. We're in this thing together. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are thrown in the fiery furnace. They begin worshiping God while they are under fire. But here's the good news, saints, is that while they are under fire and in worship, God is not outside of the furnace. He's Emmanuel. He becomes in it with them. As a consequence, the stenographer looks inside of the furnace and says, Houston, we got a problem. I thought it was only three, but there are four men, and the fourth man looks like the Son of God. I want you to know God is in it with you. I remember when it is that Daniel is thrown in the lion's den. Somehow or another, the lions are lulled to sleep. And nobody understands why. That's because they forgot to realize that Isaiah and Matthew are aptly correct. God is with us. I, I, I cannot um, gloss over the fact that when Isaiah prophesied it, it was through a child. Not through somebody grown. Not through somebody aged, old, decrepit. He says, I am going to use a child as a symbol and as a sign that the warfare is coming to an attack. I don't know where it is that you are, but so many instances of corporate worship, you have expended energy giving God glory for cars and clothes and careers. 
But God is saying, I need you to thank me for your child. Your child was what it is that I used to stop your fight. You ought to be giving God glory for your daughter, for your son. Because you don't even know how it is that God planted them in your life in the strategic season and chasm of time just so that you could have peace. There are moments in your own recollection when you could find out how unscripted how it is that your child came and ministered to you unaware. Gave you the hug you didn't even know you needed. Gave you the smile that shifted your entire day. Said, I am planting a child who doesn't know how to pretend, don't know how to be phony, but will be authentic even when it is unwarranted as a sign that this is your hour to know God is with me. He being with us is reminiscent of his manifested presence as punctuated in Exodus 13. And the Lord went before them as a pillar of cloud to lead them by day and a pillar of fire to guide them by night. Preacher, I don't know what you're saying to me. I'm telling you that this is the God of Thomas Dorsey. Precious Lord, take my hand. Lead me on and let me stand. There comes a place in your life where God has got to be your GPS. I don't know how many of you have ever utilized it, but you could be following your GPS and you miss the turn. And here's what I like is that um, after you miss your turn, do you know what happens on your GPS? It blacks out, comes back, and says rerouting. That's what God has been doing to your life in the middle of a pandemic, in the middle of COVID, in the middle of an election, in the middle of a crisis, in the middle of loneliness, in the middle of cancer, in the middle of unpaid bills, after a divorce. God says, I am now rerouting you. You are not lost. Just go another mile ahead and you're going to get back on track for where it is that you need to be. He is with us. He's with us. Before uh, the Savior's ascension, he extended a promise to his devotees in Matthew 28 and 20. And here's what he said to them that I now have to remind you. Lo, I am with you. And I'm with you always even to the end of the earth. I don't know how often you've said it or if you've ever said it, but I feel like your spirit needs the sound of the tenor of the vibrato of your own voice. I need you to declare it over yourself. God is with me. I like how David remixed it. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, he is with me. I want you to personalize it. Forget about Jamal. I need you to say it for yourself. Uh, he is with me. Pastor, when should I say it? You should say it when you're on your way to your doctor's appointment. He is with me. 
When should I declare it? When I'm on my way to the bank. He is with me. When should I announce it? When I'm headed in the court. He is with me. When I'm bowing through depression. He is with me. Come on, I, I, I need you to remind, remind yourself. He's, he's with me. You scared of your own shadows. He never promised to leave me. Never promised to leave me alone. Whatever your name is, insert it right there. Greg, he is with me. John, he is with me. Linda, he is with me. Personalize it. America was riveted to its core on June 17th, 2015 in Charleston, South Carolina when a historic church nestled downtown had convened for Bible study. Only 13 people showed up on that Wednesday night. So small was the group that they decided to conserve energy and not meet in the sanctuary but go downstairs and in that 13, while it is that they were studying the word of God, a first-time visitor showed up. His name was Dylan Roof. When Bible study was over, they got in a semicircle and clasped each other's hands for prayer. That first-time visitor slipped out, went to his car, got artillery, came back into the church, unloaded every bullet he had, leaving nine dead, making it the largest execution in a house of worship in the history of our nation. I was glued to the television as you were, as it is that um, they, they showed all of the discharged shells on the floor. I couldn't turn away. I saw all of that yellow tape. I, I was amazed at the army of media that was there. Cameras from 118 different networks. I was stupefied at the families that were screaming and yelling out from outside. I was in complete shock and horror when they announced that even the pastor was dead. But I kept watching. When I kept watching, you're not going to believe what I saw. Three people came out. We always talk about those that died, but never mention a word about those that lived. Three people came out disheveled, disoriented, and in a daze. And their families begin to rejoice, begin to cheer, begin to celebrate. It wasn't until I saw the three come out that I saw the sign over their head. The sign over their head said, Emmanuel AME Church. I said, Lord, what are you showing me? I said, Jamal, tell the people of God. I'm with them. When they're thrown in the situations, they shouldn't have survived. Let them know I'm with them when they are not clear as to how it is they didn't die. Let them know I'm with them in the moments 
when they wanted to go hide. Let them know I'm with them when literally millions didn't make it. But they're one of the ones that did. I don't know how you feel about it, but I'm so glad I'm a survivor. Not by might, not by power, but by his spirit. And the only reason I'm a survivor is because I got Emmanuel. He's with me. Down through the years, God's been good to me. I have identical twin girls. Names are Angel and Adore. The other night, I called Adore, tell her good night. Said, before I hang up, let me speak to your sister, Angel. And she reported back to me, Angel's not here. Said, how's Angel not here? Angel got to be there. Says, no, she's at a sleepover at one of her friends' house. I said, how come you didn't go? She said, I didn't go. I wasn't invited. That's her friend. I let her go on. I asked her, do you feel a certain kind of way that your twin has gone and you still there by yourself without a moment of hesitation? Adora said to me on FaceTime, Daddy, you forget. We were together in the womb for nine months. She talking to her father. You forget. We were together inseparable for nine months. It don't matter what friend she's got. I'm always going to be with her. I got to ask you a question. I think this is an appropriate time. What shall separate, here's the catch, us from the love of God? Nothing will be able to separate you. Uh, he's not with me. He is not I hate to breathe a bear of bad news. He ain't even with you. He is with us. That's why I shudder whenever it is that I see the spirit of division. Whenever I see how it is that America is being torn apart. Evangelicals fighting against Neo-Pentecostals. Republicans against Democrats. Black women fending themselves against the world. Black men having to be targets. The enemy knows if we ever come together, there'll never be anything that will be able to tear us apart. I'm so thankful that God is with us. You critical thinkers, I got to ask you this on my way. How come when we list the names of God, we already know Jehovah Jireh? We know Jehovah Tiskanu. We know Jehovah Jireh. We know Elohim. How come when we list the names of God, we never speak Emmanuel? When that's what he's supposed to be called. I made up in my mind, it don't matter what anybody else calls him. He's with me. God is with us. Just a few weeks ago, I uh, had the opportunity to preach the eulogy for the head of the Black Panther Party. Strong brother, community brother, devoted brother. And the whole time that I've known him, I've known him as Hasim. His mother came to the funeral. 
And she said, thank you. I had never met his mother before. She said, thank you for how it is you took care of Steve. I was just being polite. I didn't know what she was saying. She said, Steve used to talk about you all the time. I couldn't get Steve to come to church, but Steve would always listen to you. I looked at uh, my assistant. I said, who in the world is she talking about? I didn't know whether she was old, lost her mind. She said, that's how I seen mother. She, she don't call him what he called himself. She calls him what he was named. I don't care what you call him. I call him Emmanuel because that's what he is supposed to be called. He is with us. My grandmother never went to Duke, never went to Morehouse, never went to Oxford, but she would remix it this way. And he walks with me. And he talks with me and he tells me that I am his own. And the joy we share as we tarry there, none other has ever known. God is with us. But all the more, I better tell you, God, Bishop, is with you. He's with you. He's with you. Did you hear what I just said? He's with you. People will come. People will go. People will leave. People will use you. But he's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. God is with you. I want to pray for you. I hope you'll allow me to do that. Merciful Master, Heavenly Father, perfect provider, rule of the universe. Forgive me for all these years for calling you out your name. You to me are Emmanuel. And I want to thank you for being with us. I want to thank you for never leaving us. I want to thank you for putting up with us. You've been so good. You've been so kind. My humble request is you never leave us, but that you keep on doing great things for us. It's in your matchless name I pray. Amen. I'm grateful unto God. Here's what I want you to do. If you know God is with you, I want you to think about the moment. Think about the time when you needed God the most. Think about the incident by which you thought you would not survive, that you didn't think you were going to overcome. I want you to bring that to mind. And in this celebration, I want you to sow a seed today. I want you to give a gift on this night. In my own church, I've been talking about 365, about how it is that God can shift things around in one day to make up for a year. I want to challenge every person that can, every person that will. I'm not asking for 365. I want you to give a gift of 125 on this day. I want you to give an expression of your gratitude simply for him being there. Just knowing he's there. Just knowing he's been your paraclete. He has been your comforter. I'm urging you. I'm begging you with everything that's in me. Don't let this moment pass you by. He's not around you. He's not outside of you. He's right there with you. 
I want you to take opportunity for this moment. Let's celebrate what God has done. Let's appreciate the gift in the man of God, the vision of this man of God. Let us thank God for the life of this man of God, knowing that God has been with us and he sent him as an expression and as a manifestation. To God be the glory for the great things he's done. Here's what I want you to do. This is homework. All this week, all this week, just start calling him by his nickname. Call him Emmanuel. As a signal to him that you know who he is and as a reminder to you that he's always with you. God bless you. I'm praying for you. And never forget, Emmanuel is with us.